<laughs> that's so good, so good. <clears throat> well, that video's been floating around the internet for about three years now, and it doesn't get old. Get old. We showed it last Christmas as well. And a little interesting fact, that's actually the church that put this video together, the church that both Corey and I were a part of when we used to live back in Kentucky. And so we know a lot of the people in the video, and actually the guy that was dressed up as the angel that was a really bad singer, uh, he's the senior pastor, and so uh, it's just fun. I think that video's got over 50 million views now. It's been on the Today Show and all kinds of crazy stuff, and so it's just a lot of fun. You, you know what makes that video so good? It really highlights the unexpected things that kids say sometimes, right? I mean, we, you never know what's going to come out of the mouth of a child, and being a father of four, I can assure you I experience this on almost a daily occurrence. Uh, not, not too long ago, just a few weeks ago, uh, Emily and I have been kind of trying to get our kids to memorize some scripture and so our three-year-old Avery was going over her verse and she got a little choked up and it also made us get a little choked up and so I'll let you check this out. Okay, your turn Avery. Jesus and God and of Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes scattered among many greetings. Consider that joy my brothers I know what, but I just have to swallow my spit. Cause He's fitting. Oh, no, no. oh, yeah. Sometimes we just have to swallow our spit. I mean, it's the reality we, we live with. Yeah, and of course, we love laughing at our kids when they make mistakes, and that's just bad parenting. One of the, one of the things that Emily and I know, um, as we're raising four, four kids in this crazy culture, is that we really can't expect our kids to be different from the world if we're not. And so one of the things that we've been doing here recently is just sitting down. And again, I don't want to act like we're more spiritual than we are because we're not. But most nights out of the week, we sit down and we unplug. We turn all the devices off and we just open up God's word together. And we're trying to memorize it. And again, if I can just brag on my little, she's now four years old, but at the age of three, she was able to memorize James 1, 1 through 20 at three years old, simply because we just opened up God's word together and we kept reading it together out loud. And you may say, well, of course you did that, Aaron. You're the pastor. Guys, I promise you there's nothing special about me. And so I want to encourage all the parents. This has nothing to do with my sermon, but I just want to encourage the parents in here this morning, especially as we go into this Christmas season where it seems to become all about entitlement with our kids and what they, they did get or didn't get or what they hope to get. And, and I get there's a place for that and there's I'm not saying you shouldn't do any of that. But here's what I want to encourage you. The world will never lead your kids closer to God. It just won't. But God's word will. And so I want to encourage you as parents, man, just unplug and disconnect as often as you can and open up God's word. If you don't know where to start, I encourage you to start in James chapter 1. There's incredible theology in that one chapter, and it's probably the most practical book in all of the Bible. And so if I could just give you that encouragement as we go into this Christmas season, let me do that. Well, again, that was a side note. Today, uh, we're actually going to continue in our Greater Than series. And if you're a guest with us today, I want to say welcome, and we're extremely excited that you're here, especially... Um, if like church and all of this is just completely new to you, I mean, we get it. You took a shot. You took a chance to come here. Now, for those of you that are believers and maybe you're a guest, you come in here and you worship with us today and we invite you to do that. But for some of you, you came in here and you're a guest and you're still asking questions and you don't get it all. Maybe you just found yourself in a season or a point in your life where things didn't turn out the way that you thought and you just decided at the last second, hey, I'll give church a chance. And if that's you, we're glad you're here. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Thanks for participating in something that we feel is very, very important. And our hope is that this service is a blessing to you today. 
Well, as we continue in this Greater Than series today, I want to talk about this right here. I want to talk about how Jesus is greater than our expectations. And maybe you've picked up along the way, some of these things are not like huge epiphanies. They're things that you would, when you hear them, you probably think to yourself, of course Jesus is greater than our expectations. But here's the reason we're bringing them up. We don't always live that way. We don't always live that way. And so one of the main reasons that I want to talk about this specifically today, being the Sunday before we, we celebrate the birth of our Lord next Sunday at Christmas Eve, and I hope that you'll come and enjoy, uh, participate and be a part of that service with us as well. But the reason I want to talk about this right now is because this is probably what gets most of us in trouble when it comes to the Christmas season. And the reason why I say get us in trouble is because there's a reality that you've probably heard by now that this little window between December 25th and January 1st is, for many people, the most depressing time of year. Because for so many people, they kind of look at Christmas as the summation of another year gone by. And they look back and they reflect to themselves and they probably think to themselves, man, I just didn't think that this is what this year would be like, or I didn't think that this is how life would be at this moment, and so this year has just been another disappointment. And you think to yourself about all the unmet expectations. All the ways this year didn't turn out the way that you were hoping it would. And so you bring into the Christmas season these expectations that are unmet. And in the process of doing that, it just seems like everything feels worse. And then we do something really stupid. In the midst of those feelings, we decide we're going to jump on social media. And we're going to look and see what's going on in everybody else's life. And we're, we're looking at these, like, the best foot forward, the best pictures that they have, right? I mean, we just did this, this for our family. We took family photos, probably took 100 photos, but we picked the best one to put on social media. And what we do, and there's a statement that was made by a pastor a long time ago, and it's something that you're, you're going to be able to identify with this. What we often do is we, we compare our behind-the-scenes reality to others' highlight reel. We know what's going on behind the scenes in our life. We know the junk, the failures, the unmet expectations. We know the depth of loneliness. And we compare what's going on behind the scenes in our life to others' highlight reel because we get to see what everybody wants to put out there for everyone else to see. And then we just feel worse, more discouraged about our own current situation. This is a really unhealthy thing to do. Now, to have some fun with this, because you guys all know what I'm talking about, let's look at some of those like perfect family photos that sometimes make us sick to our stomach, right? So you got this family, the grandparents are in town, the kids are all acting and behaving, and it's just a beautiful thing. Or maybe this one where they're in bed together and they got their pajamas on, and, and you know, oh, it's so sweet. Look how perfect that family is, and start to feel worse maybe about our situation, because for most of us, maybe this is a better reality. I mean, that's peace on earth. <laughs> I don't know if that's illegal, but that gave me a couple ideas. Or what about this? For some of you with younger kids, it should be about joy, but that's kind of how joy is represented in our life. Now, this doesn't have anything to do with Christmas. I just had to share it with you. you got this beautiful family here. They're on the beach, and they capture this beautiful photo. And then they got with the great idea, hey, let's swing our kids and try to get, oh, wait. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, get rid of that. (laughs) Guys, if anything I've said up to this point represents you, if a season where you know you're supposed to be filled with joy, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, you know you're supposed to be filled with this sense of wonder and being wonderful, but instead it's weary, I got to remind you of something this morning. 
And I truly could say what I'm about to say next and just pray and go home because I think this, what I'm about to say is that important. Here it is. If you feel that, any of that, can I remind you that Christmas is for you? Yes, it's for all of us. The fact that God sent us a Savior to come to us and meet the gap between us and God by coming and saving us from our sin. Yes, that story is for all of us, but it's specifically for people that are living in hopelessness. Because a Savior was coming in your direction. Friends, if any of that is something that you feel this morning, can I just remind you that Christmas is for you. And so I don't know what it's going to take for you to backpedal a little bit, to think differently, to start to realize that. And Maybe you need to think about some of the things that have caused you to get into a season or into a mindset where you've allowed the circumstances in your life take the place of the, the beauty of a Savior coming in your direction. And maybe not for all of us, but I bet for many of us, it's because, unfortunately, we've got ourselves too wrapped up in this word right here. It's just not what I expected. And we get lost in our expectations and how things aren't going the way that we planned. You didn't plan to be single, did you? You didn't plan to still not have a job. You didn't plan for that financial stress that you didn't see coming. You didn't plan for that diagnosis. You didn't plan for those medical bills. You didn't plan... To be here, and not here, but just here. Wherever here is for you, but yet here you are. I don't know if this is an encouragement to you this morning, but you're in good company. There's a lot of people that find themselves here, wherever here is. This season that's supposed to be full of joy, it's supposed to be full of wonder, but instead it's just weary. But oftentimes it's just a big conglomerate of our expectations that are not being met. I want to show you a statement that I think you'll appreciate. If you look at the most highlighted sentence in all of the Kindle books that have been read, and for those of you that have been living under a rock for the last 20 years, Kindle uh, is an app that you can download and you can read books digitally. Millions of books are read every year on Kindle. And so you can imagine hundreds of millions of sentences are read every single year. But I want to show you the most highlighted sentence out of the hundreds of millions of sentences that could have been highlighted. The most highlighted sentence in all of the Kindle books that have been read is this. And it came from a Hunger Games book. Because sometimes things happen to people and they're just not equipped to deal with them. Sometimes when we get to the end of a year and we're approaching Christmas, we're reminded that there's just been some things that have happened in our life. And they were unexpected. And therefore, we weren't really ready or even felt capable of how to deal with those new set of circumstances in our life. But that's where the majority of the, the world finds themselves every single year. It's a, it's a hand that was dealt to them that they did not expect. And so they're just trying to figure out what their new normal is. But here's what my hope is. And I'm just going to put my cards on the table. Here's my hope for this morning. I want to encourage us and hopefully help send us into this Christmas season thinking differently. And so I'm going to say something that may sound radical, it may not sound as radical to you, but I'm not sure how many of us actually do this on a reoccurring basis. And so here's my encouragement to us this morning. What if we just set aside our expectations? Whatever they are. 
What if we just set aside our expectations and instead of hoping this time when we go into our family gatherings and we all know we have that one dysfunctional family member, that cousin Eddie, right? And if you don't have a cousin Eddie, it might be you, just a heads up. (laughs) And we're hoping it's going to be different this time so we have expectations. Maybe we're hoping that that bonus is going to come in the mail and it didn't and so our expectations are squashed once again, whatever it is. But what if this year, just do something crazy. What if you just set aside your expectations? And that leads me to my one thing today. Because if I were looking back at the 30 years of, 38 years of life that I've lived up to this point, God's done some of his best work in my life through the most unexpected things. And the fact that I'm standing up here is one of those examples. It leads me to my one thing. God will often show up in the unexpected. So why don't you just set aside your expectations? Friends, the story of Christmas is all about God showing up in the most unexpected way. So what if we took our cues from what, this, from what made this story so incredible to begin with, and instead of approaching this Christmas with these great expectations, what if we approach this Christmas with an invitation of God to do the unexpected through our lives? Maybe this is what Paul knew that we didn't when he was writing to the church in Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians. He said, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. Guys, maybe embracing the unexpected is the secret to finding endless joy and learning how to be thankful in all circumstances. So with that lens in mind, here's what I want us to do. I want us to look at the story of the miraculous conception today. The story of Mary, when Gabriel showed up and delivered some very unexpected news. And the reason why I want to do this, obviously because it's part of the Christmas story, but also because I think we can learn from Mary. As you can imagine, this is the most unexpected thing, the most unexpected moment that ever happened in her life. So let's see how she responds. If you have your Bibles with you today, I would encourage you to open them to Luke chapter 1 or turn them on. And we're going to pick up in verse 26 here in just a second. And uh, again, we say this almost every week. If you don't have a Bible, if you're new to all this, again, we, we encourage you to get into God's Word. And so feel free to stop by guest services today. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to put one in your hands. So I'm going to pick up in verse 26. Here's what it says. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now let's just pay attention to this for a second because this is interesting to me. It says, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Just a few quick statements, all very positive, all very encouraging. But Mary's response is, if you ask me, very telling. It says, Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Let me get off on a quick side note. When I think of the words confused and disturbed, I think about this picture that I saw this week. Okay, yeah, that's, uh, would anybody, yeah, it's horrible, it's horrible, I know. Yeah, that's just disturbing. Anybody have a dad or a brother that would actually do that? Anybody? Yeah, that's fantastic. It's, it's horrible, but it's a little bit awesome. That's why I needed to show it. Guys, do you know why so many of us are adverse to unexpected things that happen in our life? Because they're unexpected. And oftentimes when unexpected things come in our direction, I think our, fo- our first posture 
is to resist. Is maybe to complain, to get upset, because if it was unexpected, it means it probably took the place of expectations that we had, probably the plan that we had in place. And so oftentimes, unexpected things get in our way, and so we're kind of adverse to this idea of unexpected things. Maybe this is why Mary responded the way that she did. The angel had nothing but positive things to say. Now, she may have been a little bit freaked out, but to be disturbed and confused. I don't know, sometimes we paint Mary like she was perfect. I don't believe she was. Maybe at first she was like, whoa, what's about to happen in my life? Now, I'm speculating here. I don't know this for sure, but what's about to happen in my life that's going to cause me to to drastically change the plan that I had? And when that happens in our lives, don't we do this? Don't we have some adversity to that? Because that's messing up my plans. That's messing up my expectations. Please hear this statement that I'm going to make next. Here's what I believe. The more unwilling we are to set aside our expectations the less likely we will be available when God wants to use us to do something unexpected. Let me say that one more time. The more unwilling we are to set aside our expectations, the less likely we will be available when God wants to use us to do the unexpected. So even though at first Mary was confused and even disturbed, she did set aside her expectations so that God could use use her life to do something incredibly unexpected. Let's pick up. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom, his kingdom will never end. Friends, let's be honest this morning. One of the reasons why we find ourselves in this lull, in this letdown during the Christmas season is because our kingdoms aren't turning out the way that we hoped. Our kingdoms. And even though we're not children any longer, we still act like children because we look at what are, what, what's happening in the lives of others, the things that they're getting, how things are going favorable in their life, and we start to think to ourselves, but man, don't I deserve some of this? And this little phrase right here is something that's really wrapped up into the same package of our expectations. But if I could make the argument this morning of two words that I think every Christ follower should actually get out of their vocabulary, it would be these two words. You know what we deserve? We deserve death because of our sin. But God sent us a Savior instead. Now, I'm going to speak out of both sides of my mouth because even though I just said if there was two words I think every Christ follower should get rid of, it would be the two words I deserve. Here's what I will tell you. You do deserve something. God knew this better than we even do. You deserve a choice. You deserve the ability to make your own choice. You can either invest your life, your time, your attention, your resources. You can invest all those things into building your own kingdom. It's what the world's trying to sell you. Or you can invest all those things into building God's kingdom. The biggest difference is his kingdom will never end. But ours will. You guys get this, right? I mean, there's a point coming for all of us where we're going to shut our eyes for the very last time. And when we do, everything we own, all the stuff that we're accumulating, it's going to go to somebody else. And so am I telling you that you shouldn't have any nice things, that you shouldn't want stuff, that you shouldn't go get the new iPhone X 
you know, for Christmas, no, that would be blasphemy. I would not tell you not to do. No, I'm just kidding. Listen to me. I'm not telling you that you can't have stuff. I'm just telling you your stuff can't take the place of your Savior. And isn't it ironic that a season where we're supposed to be focusing on the Savior has been kidnapped and hijacked to become about stuff and just accumulating more stuff. So you have a choice. And God knew this. He knew, he knew we deserved a choice in all of this. You can either invest your time in building his, his kingdom or you can invest all of your time in building our own kingdom. Friends, let me remind you that this culture is trying to get you to drink the Kool-Aid. It's trying to tell you that it's all about you. And this is probably one of Satan's best pleas to you. And let me remind you that Satan will always point you in the direction of selfishness, which leads to sexual sin and stubbornness and slander and the accumulation of stuff. But our Savior, he's trying to point us to being selfless. He's pointing to surrender. He's pointing to sacrifice. He's, he's pointing us to the need for submission, and he's pointing us to the need of serving one another. So another reason that I think we all should set aside our expectations this year is because expectations often lead to entitlement. Let's pick up in our verse. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but now she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. Again, another unexpected thing God was doing. For the word of God will never fail. Let's just pause there. Will you say that with me this morning? One, two, three. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything, may everything that you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. You see, even though she was confused and disturbed at first, even though this sounded crazy, even though this was going to interrupt her agenda and become a huge inconvenience, keep in mind, she still had to go have a conversation with Joseph. Hey, Joseph, by the way, I'm pregnant, and the baby's not yours, but I'm still a virgin. I, wonder, I would love to have been a fly on the wall in that conversation. And I'm sure she couldn't even understand it. Oftentimes, we can't. it's hard for us to under, understand the un, unexpected. But even with all that in mind, she allowed her life to be used by God to do something incredibly unexpected. Here it is. Here's what, how I want to close today. You know what I think the key to escaping the letdown of Christmas is? It's continuing in the tradition of how it all began. By allowing God to do the unexpected in our lives, just like he did in Mary's. Maybe for you, it's giving a large sum of money away. Maybe you go and you just leave a really crazy tip for a random waitress that you don't even know. Maybe you bring a home-cooked meal to one of your neighbors that you know is going to be lonely this year. You notice that no cars show up around Thanksgiving or Christmas. Maybe you just bring them a home-cooked meal. Or maybe you invite them over to your house for a meal. I don't know what it is, but here's what I know. I know that God wants to do the unexpected through your life this Christmas. But as long as we're sitting around waiting and wishing for our expectations to be met, we will likely miss out on the unexpected move or even miracle that God has in store for us. So what if we just set aside our expectations this year? Friends, here's what I know is true about you. Jesus is greater than your expectations. 
but he's also greater than your unmet expectations. So instead of expecting joy and peace and even love this Christmas, something that we're all supposed to experience, something that we all hope to expect to experience every single Christmas, what if you just set aside even those expectations and instead thought about how can I bring those things to the lives of others? Because in that process, I bet you'll even find them for yourself. Let's pray. Father, here we go again. We're all approaching another Christmas season, one of those times of year where inside we know, man, we, why, why don't we feel more wonderful? Why aren't we feeling more joy and peace and love? Why do we just kind of look at our lives as this culmination of disappointment? God, I know it might, may sound crazy to a lot of people in here and it may not even be the easiest thing to do, but God, can you just help us to remove our expectations? Because I think when we do that, we actually give you space to come in and do something unexpected in our lives. And so often, maybe too often, we're, we're kind of sitting back, twiddling our thumbs, hoping that somebody's going to maybe do something for us special. Maybe somebody, you know, we, that we would feel the peace and joy and the love. But God, if you've shown me anything, I often experience those things the most in abundance when I'm actually trying to do them for others. And so my invitation, Father, this Christmas for everyone in this room is that you would allow us to set aside, if you help us to set aside our expectations, and we're inviting you to do something unexpected in our lives. And may we continue the legacy of what this whole story was built on to begin with. How unexpected was it that you sent your very self, God in the flesh, the incarnation, to come and live among us, beginning as a little baby that would one day die on a cross so that our sins could be forever forgiven. Father, we invite you into that invitation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our God is the God.